Welcome to the Live Inspired Now podcast. Inspiration, motivation, tips, and lots of laughs for your family and life. Hi, and welcome back to the Live Inspired Now podcast. Tonight, I am joined by my lovely husband, Thad Paris. And tonight, we're going to talk about the video that came out today, all about how to keep kids off of drugs. So in our video, I had talked about connecting with kids and we want to get into that a little bit deeper on our podcast. So tonight, that's what we're doing or today or this morning, depending on when you're listening. I guess it's different time for everyone, right, Thad? That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for joining me as always. Oh, it's my pleasure. Partner in crime, love of my life. (laughs) So... We got to talk about the heavy crap tonight, yucko, about how to keep kids off of drugs. But it's such an important topic, don't you think? Absolutely. I wish I had the answer, uh, the magic answer that I could just give you one quick tip and that would be it. But unfortunately, that's not the case. But there are some things that you can do to help prevent the chances of having a drug addicted Child. Kid. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And one of the things that, um, that I talked about in the video, first of all, prevention is so much easier than intervention. I cannot stress that enough. I have parents that come to me all the time. They're dealing with um, kids that have addiction. Uh, they're dealing with kids that are trying drugs, using drugs, already addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever the case may be. And, you know, when it gets to that point, you've got your hands full. It is really difficult. I'm not going to say it's impossible because nothing is, but it is really, really challenging. And to see, you know, 10-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 20-year-olds starting their life addicted to substances before they've even really had a chance to get out there into the world is just absolutely heartbreaking. And um, my heart breaks for those kids and especially for the parents because it's really, really challenging to deal with that. Um, So one of the ways that I talked about in the video was connecting early on, connecting with your kids. And I know that sounds really obvious, and I even felt a little silly making the video about that. But the fact of the matter is that the parents that are coming to me whose kids are um, involved in addiction or substance abuse, um, they have lost that deep connection with their kids or they never really established it. So one of the biggest things that I can tell you is connecting at an early age and building a really strong, solid relationship with your kids, not a perfect relationship, but a solid relationship with your kids, not as friends, but as parent and child and letting them know that you have created security in their world for them. I mean, that's that's the number one most important thing. Sure. Yeah. And I think oftentimes parents think of connecting with their kids and uh, and having that connected relationship. And they often get that confused with filling up a child's schedule with everything and anything under the sun. Mm -hmm. And it's really not about all those things and those activities. It's really about the quality of the the time that you're spending together rather than the activities that you're filling their schedule up with. That's right. I'm really glad you brought that point up because I've had people say, but my kid's in everything. My kid does 
gymnastics and swimming and soccer and everything. And yeah, quite often you hear, well, I did everything for them. I can't imagine why they're uh, on drugs. Right. And it's not about doing everything for them. It's about connecting with them. That is the key. Absolutely. Having those connections, hanging out, spending time. And it doesn't have to be 24-7, but it certainly has to be enough time to where they feel like you are looking out for them, like you know where they're going, who they're hanging out with, what they're doing, what they're thinking. You know, if they walk in the house sad, they don't, you know, some kids walk in the house, they've had a bad day, they go to their room, they never come out, they don't connect with anybody, they don't see their parents, their parents don't see them. Maybe they'll come out for five minutes here and there, but they never, they don't have like a routine like we do. Do you want to tell them about the routine that we implemented in our house about when the kids come in and check in with us and stuff? Sure. Yeah, every day the kids come home and uh, my office is first in line. So they stop in, check in. Yeah, we both work at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they stop in the office and I ask them how their day was. And uh, in most cases, I'm very good about stopping what I'm doing and making eye contact with them and being genuine when I ask them questions. Obviously, there are those occasions when we all slip up and we're distracted by something else. But a good uh, habit or practice is to stop what you're doing, give them your full attention, ask them how their day was. And uh, I like to always ask them what the best part of their day was. And <laughs> if you have teenagers, you know that when you ask how their day was, their their answer is always eh, good. Yeah, or fine. Fine. With no explanation. Sure. So by asking them what the best part of their day was, it's just a little bit, it gets them thinking a little bit and it forces them to really use some communication skills to actually identify what was good in their day. And uh, even if they've had a bad day, that is kind of a nice little reset to get them back on the right track of understanding that life is good. Life is good. And you are excellent at that. You are excellent at buffering the kids. See, they go to his office first so that he can buffer them for me. And then they go to my office because I was I was getting them first and they were coming in and complaining. So we had to tweak it a little bit. So now he gets them first and he preframes them. And then they come to my office and say hello to mom. But Actually, I changed the question that I was using, too, because I used to say, how was your day? And I don't do that anymore. Now I say, what's good? And so they're forced to tell me something positive. Not that I'm not available to listen if they have a bad day or if there's something negative. They absolutely do come to me and know they can come to me and talk to me about that stuff. But, you know, the first interaction that you have when they come home from school, I want it to be positive. So I always say, what's good? And I think that's really helped a lot. So no more negative Nellies coming in the doors. Absolutely. <laughs> um, one of the one of the things that you can also do is just to to talk to them, like have the talk about everything. Talk about sex. Talk about boyfriends, girlfriends. Talk about drugs. Talk about your friends using drugs. Like let them know how you feel. And, um, you know, I hear a lot of parents say things like, well, I tried that and I turned out okay. Or, um, you know, I did did drugs or I drank when I was in high school. It's not a big deal. They're all going to do that. That's absolutely untrue. That is complete bullshit. They're not all going to do it. I didn't do it. And I know lots of people that didn't do it. It is not a standard 
that you have to get drunk or try drugs in high school. That is not a standard behavior. I know a lot of people do and a lot of people have, but that doesn't mean that that's a standard that's acceptable for your children. And when you say it that way, it kind of gives them permission to go out and do the same thing. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, I think if you were to look at the statistics or ask around, most people would tell you that they they tried those things not because they were just excited to try them but it was generally based on peer pressure right and uh, something that we've given our kids which i think is really an incredible of incredible value is we essentially gave them permission to to blame us to use us as oh, yeah. out and uh, so if they're out with friends and and something comes up they have total permission to use their horrible rotten parents as their uh, out and you know it's, oh, yeah it, it seems pretty cool but I know my parents uh, really wouldn't approve of that so uh. yeah or my parents will kill me dead if I try <laughs> weed so dude no thanks yeah yeah and we have we've told the kids all of them like feel free to say that your parents are psychotic and will kill you. Like if, cause you know, it's it's understandable. Kids are under a lot of pressure and they're too, you know, maybe too embarrassed to say no or they're too shy or afraid or whatever. Just blame me, go right ahead. That's a really good tip that you can give your kids. You know, just say, blame your mother. Tell them that your psycho mom will come and, you know, whatever kick all of their asses if she found out so I can't do it you know whatever and our kids have used that a couple of times in different situations not not related to drugs but and and other things you know I'm fine feel free to blame me I don't care I'll take the heat (laughs) it's a really good that's a really good one I had forgotten about that one um always always know what they're doing too right I mean, some parents don't actually know where their kids are. It's got to go a little bit beyond uh, Facebook statuses. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, know where your kids are going. Don't be afraid or embarrassed to call the parents where they're going and ask if there's going to be parental supervision, even for the old kids. When we, um, our son Harry is 17, and when we go and pick up his girlfriend, we talk to a parent. We let the parent know that there will be supervision here when she's here. And if Harry goes to someone else's house, I make sure that there's a parent or an adult there supervising. We have laid down the law and they know what the rules are. So it just makes it easy because that's the standard that we've set. If we never did that and then all of a sudden we tried, sure, it's going to be hard. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Don't don't call my girlfriend's mother or whatever. Um, yeah, it's really about teaching them about over communication at a young age and getting right. them to understand that that's acceptable, that before they go to any friend's house, mom and dad meet the friend's parents or guardians and vice versa. And, uh, and when they get there, they call home and when they leave, they call home and, uh, and that just carries over into the driving years and it makes that a little bit more bearable knowing that they're going to be responsible for communicating every step of the way so that you know where they're at and know that they're safe and uh, and doing things that are good for them. Yeah. Um, also letting them know that it's, it's not about being cool or any of that crap. It's about 
it's normal and okay to not participate in that crap because your friends will say everybody's doing it and even other parents will be like, well, all kids do it or try it. That's absolutely not true. There is a very large amount of kids that don't get involved in risky behavior or drug and alcohol abuse or use. So, you know, it's not about like, oh, just the bad kids or just the good kids. It's just okay and normal to just not do that. It doesn't make you cool to not do it or to do it. It doesn't make you abnormal or weird or different. It's just, that's just your choice and that's how you are and that's okay. Let them know it's okay to be just normal, right? I mean, do, do you know what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just so frustrating. Um, one of the things like I see all the time on TV, not that we have TV, but I have seen television shows because we do have Netflix and... <laughs> I do participate in some horrible television shows that I know that the kids are interested in, so I'll force myself to watch them, and then I end up liking them, and it's, they're terrible. But um, So there's shows out there like Pretty Little Liars and Vampire Diaries and things like that, which I personally um, will admit that I watch them and, and like them. But I have to also admit that I hate them for children, and I don't want my kids to watch that garbage because... Every one of those teenage shows, whether it's Gossip Girl or Vampire Diaries or whatever, they're all engaging in drugs, alcohol, sex. I mean, horrible, horrible behavior. And they're all represented as teenagers. Do you know what I mean? And when you watch that, like, especially if you watch TV all the time, like our kids don't watch TV, so I don't worry about that stuff too much. But if your kids are watching hours and hours of television a week, that's their role models. That's who they're emulating. That's who they want to be. They desperately want to be the pretty little liars. They want those clothes. They want those outfits. They want to wear makeup just like that. They want to wear the high heels. They want to go out and have sex with their teachers, which is what's portrayed on these shows and, you know, doing drugs and all sorts of crazy crap. It's unbelievable the things that are on these shows and it's so completely unrealistic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's all about open dialogue and making sure that they understand that the, what they're seeing there is unrealistic and it's right. not the norm. And uh, I think it comes back to the idea or the understanding that you become who you surround yourself with. And so... Yeah, while, even if it's fake people on right, TV, right? Right, exactly. I was just going to say, while your surroundings may not be friends and family and real people, those virtual relationships that you're connecting with on TV or online, uh, your kids are relating to that and they're surrounding themselves with that. So certainly you want to limit their exposure to those things. And uh, now that I've said that, I will add that really... I think our message is not to tell you that you should be sheltering your children. I mean, oh, no. There's going to come a time when when they are exposed to these kind of things. And so the uh, tips that we've given you should really help them make the right choice when they're faced with those decisions. Yeah, that's right. And I think... Um it's just so ridiculous, though, that crap that you see on TV. And, you know, the thing now, like, remember when we were kids, you could only watch the show on Thursdays at 8 p.m. because that's the only time it was on. There's no TiVo, no Netflix, none of that stuff, not to date ourselves. But 
Now kids are binge watching shows like on the weekend, you know, you'll sit and watch eight hours of a series, which, you know, I mean, whatever, I, I could sit and watch eight hours of Harry Potter, no problem, right? That's me. But um, if you're going to sit and binge watch something that is constantly portraying, you know, teenage drug use and sex and deviant behavior and all this crap, I mean, that that's in your mind. That's what you think real life is. And kids don't know. You Absolutely. Know? Um, another, another tip that I want to give, too, is to really, 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 really familiarize yourself with drugs, what they are, what they are called, and what they mean. You know, because drugs now are have, like, crazy names, like molly you know what i mean and like all these crazy words that they have for different drugs like the more you can educate yourself and the more you know about this stuff like you know synthetic weed and all like all these crazy things that they're called now so that you know if you hear that um skittles if you hear those things you'll know that they're referencing drugs you know Yeah, and certainly there's no way to keep up with all of the changing lingo there. But really, it, for me, it comes back to the open dialogue. And so if you're you're working with your kids at a young age and they understand that they can come and talk to you about anything, or they come to you in you know, sixth grade and say, I heard someone talking about Skittles on the bus, and I'm pretty sure they weren't talking about candy. Do, mm-hmm. do you know, Mom and Dad, do you know what they're talking about? Or, um, or even you know, one of the kids tried to offer me something on the bus, those kind of things. Uh, I, if you're starting out at a young age and keeping those communication lines open, it goes a long way, especially as they get older. They really can appreciate that you are willing to listen and uh, and while it is your job to correct them when they go astray if they understand that they can come and talk to you about anything it makes a big difference yeah absolutely I just I like to know what these words are because I have as you know I have a lot a lot a lot of teenagers on my Facebook you know, people that I meet when I'm out and about or friends of the kids and things like that, or kids that I used to work with. And, you know, so when I see drug references, I like to know what that is in case it comes up in conversation somewhere and I need to know. So I think it's important to to know those things just to kind of have an idea and educate yourself as a parent as to what they're really talking about. I just think that's really important. Um, I forgot what I was going to say besides that. I don't know. One of the other, um, one of the other really good things, like the best, I think the very, very best thing that you can possibly do is just to role model good behavior. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna talk about laughing. It's really, really important to make light of things sometimes, you know, because if we if we ruled everything with an iron fist, and you know, I mean, I pretty much threaten their lives if they ever do drugs. I'm gonna kill them, but they know, like. I love them, we love them, and that we're joking around, we wouldn't really kill them, that we'd be there for them. Um, But I think it's important to kind of joke around and have fun with it too. Not just always be so serious. I mean, it's important that they know that the message is serious. We do not want you to participate in drugs or alcohol. But I think making light of things and having fun and laughing is pretty helpful. Right. Sure. 
Laughter fixes everything. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we laugh. Like, you're the king of sarcasm in this house. Are you kidding me? At, you guys, I wish you could see his face right now because I'm looking at him like, come on, say something funny. And he's not. <laughs> um, but that's okay. So we, like, we watched The Office and on Netflix. And we, um, there was an episode where Stanley, like, put shove it up your butt at the end of everything. So we say that in the house, you know, like if, you know, what's for dinner or where are you going? Well, I'm going around the corner. I'm going to go check on the horses and then shove it up your butt. So, I mean, just stupid stuff like that. What else? I mean, we laugh all the time in here. We're constantly hysterically laughing. And I think that's really important with the kids. Yeah, there's always something to laugh about. I, I'm drawing a blank on <laughs> funny things. We're like that have laughing nonstop, yeah, and we're standing like here, it. sitting here, can't even think about what we laugh about. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's probably because a lot of it is inappropriate humor. <laughs> but I think that's okay too, don't you? Don't you think? I'm mean, obviously you do. We do it all the time. We laugh about things that are really inappropriate because. It's better. I'd rather laugh about it and know that the kids, you know, that they can come to us and that we have a sense of humor and that we don't take everything so dead seriously that they can't talk to us. Yeah. You know, I think that's part of helping them realize that they can talk yeah, to us about humor, anything. Humor definitely uh, helps keep the dialogue open and keeps everyone engaged. Obviously, when we laugh, we're uh, releasing chemicals within our body that make us feel good. And when we feel good, then we're more open and willing to communicate and and share. And uh, I just wanted to step back and... Um, I completely drew a blank on what I was going to step back on. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. I yeah. hate it when that happens. Well, I'll talk while you're thinking. So the last tip that I wanted to give was just to be a good example. Again, you know, my parents growing up, and I love my parents. Don't get me wrong. I really do. They're fabulous. But my parents always smoked cigarettes, and they always said, don't smoke cigarettes. It's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. They smoked my whole... My mom still smokes. My dad quit about 20 years ago, but my mom still smokes to this day. And they've always said, don't smoke, don't smoke. What do you think I did when I was like 20-something? I started smoking. I did. I smoked cigarettes for a little, a very little while. It wasn't very long at all, and then I quit. Um, but that's ridiculous to say one thing and do another thing. Kids will always, always do what you do. They will not always do what you say, but they will model your behavior. So everything that you do, everything that you say, just know that your kids are going to do and say that too. So if you don't want them to do it, then it's not right for you as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And my thought, I, I did come up with it. It's along the lines of parents. And one thing that you can do that will really help your children is to expect the best. So you can plan for the worst and uh, and have a game plan in the event that something goes wrong. But really, it's about expecting the best and expecting the best out of your kids. So if you have this mindset that 
Oh, my kids are becoming teenagers. I, I guess they're getting to that point when they're going to start trying and experimenting all these things. And, and then you start making assumptions. And when they come in the door, you start looking at them with the evil eye, the stink eye. Like, hmm, what have, why are you two minutes late coming home from the bus? What were you doing in that two minutes? And you know, really, if, if you set your, if you create a mindset where you're expecting the best and in and keeping the open dialogue with them, it's really the best combination. Um, Not the stink eye. (laughs) (laughs) The old stink eye. Give them the stink eye. Well, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's about raising your standards. Because it's absolute bullshit. I will say that a million times. Absolute bullshit that your kids are going to try stuff and do stuff normally just because they're teenagers. Um, no, that's not the case at all. That might have been the case for some people, but not for all people. And that's lowering your standard. You know, expect more out of your kids because they can handle it. They're very resilient. They're very resourceful. And they're smart, too. And don't think for a second that kids don't see what you're doing. Like, oh, I only smoke when they go to bed. Or, oh, I only smoke weed on the weekends. Bullshit. They know what's going on. They're not stupid. You know, um, I'm not judging. Like, if you want to have wine in your house, we have wine in our house. And on occasion, you know, a glass of wine on the weekends or whatever. Um, But just remember that that is what you're saying is okay. You know, so if you're drinking all the time, if you're getting loaded, if you're getting drunk on a nightly basis, guess what? So are your kids. So are your kids likely to do that. And that's the example that you're setting. So it's really important to just be like that quote, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Be the parent that you wish your kid to be because they're watching, they're modeling and they're doing what you're doing. Even behind your back, you know. No doubt. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there's there's a lot of um, good tips here, I think, to help keep the kids off drugs. Just remember, again, prevention is easier than intervention. Once your kid starts trying something, you need to snap them into shape. I mean, you that is not the time to go easy. You need to draw the line in the sand and let them know this is completely unacceptable. And unfortunately, what I've seen with a lot of parents that I've worked with is that once their kids start trying stuff, they go even easier on them because they're afraid. Well, he might leave or she might leave or he might run away or he might get worse. He might. That's enabling. And I would say seek out an Al-Anon or an Alateen meeting, you know, friend, which is Al-Anon is friends and family of, um, uh, people who use drugs and alcohol. Um, You don't want to be an enabler. Enablers only allow the habit to continue and you make it easier for them. You know, don't make it easy for them. It's absolutely okay to not deal with things. It's absolutely okay to say, I am not going to tolerate this. I am not going to tolerate drug or alcohol abuse or disrespect or whatever is happening as a result of, of the addiction. Um, one of my favorite quotes in the world is my love is unconditional, but my tolerance is not. And you don't have to tolerate abuse from anybody, whether it's a spouse, a child, a parent, anybody that's, that's using. So just keep that in mind that there are things that you can do. And I would encourage you to reach out to different programs that are out there. You know, there's lots of addiction coaches. And if you want information about, um, uh, an addiction coach, you can always reach out to me at my website, liveinspirednow.com. I would encourage everyone listening to get the book, 
Live Inspired Now, and it's on Amazon. It's on my site, liveinspirednow.com. There are so many tips and techniques in there about parenting and how to raise amazing kids. It will really, really help you. So check it out, Live Inspired Now, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all major booksellers. I am so glad that you joined me for this podcast because it's so much fun, even when we both forget what we're trying to say. You know when you shake your head, they can't hear you, right? (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can hear things rattling when I shake my head. Stop, no. It's my pleasure. (laughs) <laughs> I can't think of any place I would rather be right now. Aw, I love you. I love you too. Let's go talk to our amazing kids, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, you guys, grab my book, Live Inspired Now, on Amazon or at my website. Check out liveinspirednow.com. If you go there right now, type in your name and email address, you will get a free report called These Seven Character Traits That All Kids Need. So go get that right now, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye.